Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. It is a beautiful Wednesday evening getting ready to put this podcast out. Uh, We have some great interviews. First off, Matt Jones, former running back, and a guy who I believe, and I hope at the end of the interview, you believe should be a current NFL running back. We talk about his path through the NFL, getting drafted in the third round to the Washington football team, uh, showing out in a big way, and then losing his starting job after a, a week of injuries, staying ready, played in the XFL. Um, and like he said, he is ready for any call to make it back to the NFL. So great interview with him. And then after that, we do the back half of my interview with Patty Norton. Uh, from the campus cover, going through teams 16 to 1 and my NFL power rankings. A fully loaded show. You do not want to miss it. And here's my interview with Matt Jones. We now welcome on a very special guest, uh, former Florida Gators running back, Washington football team running back, and Indianapolis Colts running back, Matt Jones. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to you now at a point uh, in, in the NFL season where, um, according to Mike Garofolo, uh you've been in contact with a lot of teams. Uh, you've been you've been grinding your way back to this NFL path. Um, so the first question uh, and the most important question in my mind is: um, Has this been a, a regular contact thing? I know this is a very unique year um, where there are opt outs and and COVID and and obviously a lot of injuries, especially at the running back position. Um, is this something that you you foresee? You know, you're going to be on an NFL roster by the end of the season. Yeah, I truly think I believe I believe that I will be. Uh, I'm praying to uh, first thing to God, and I think He's going to put me there. And I have a gr- my gut feeling I think I'm going to be there. And all this hard work I put in, I think it's going to pay off really soon, rather than later, because um, there's a lot of backs that have been going down, and a lot of teams that need help in that position. So I think God can put me right in where I need to be. Yeah, and and I hope by the end of this interview. Uh, we are able to to paint a picture of just how hard you have worked and and the, this position you're in. Uh, so I want to start Florida. So you are a highly touted four star running back coming out of high school, uh, and you ended up playing for the Gators. Uh, what what went into that decision making process? What made you eventually decide on on playing for Florida? Um, it's right down the street from me. Like it's probably like an hour and a half from Tampa, where I'm from, and. Uh, I had my daughter in high school, too, and I wanted her to be able to attend the games. And I had her early, so I wanted to stay home and stay close. She was part of my big decision going to Florida. And then the head coaching job changed from Urban Meyer to Muschamp, in which me and Muschamp built the relationship. And I became a Gator just because of the type of person he was. And he always gave me, you know, great feedback. He was always honest with me. And, you know, who didn't want to go to Florida at the time? Uh, you know, it was down the street, orange and blue. You know, they run the, run the Florida. So I definitely want to be there. I'll be a part of that. And I just choose them. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you struggle with a couple injuries here and there uh, in college, but nothing really that kept you from pursuing that NFL dream. You left after your junior season. Was there a specific reason why you, you pulled the trigger a year earlier uh, and, and not give it a run for your senior season? <laughs> I pulled the trigger because I just thought it was the right time. I felt it in my gut, 
and I sat down with Muschamp. Like I said, he was always honest with me, and I asked him, you know, was it a good time for me to go? And he said I was in a good position to go, and if I stay, I probably can be in a better position. So, you know, I, I talked with him, and after that whole conversation, I just thought that, you know, it was better for me to, you know, just go pursue my dream that I've always been chasing my whole life. I was so close, and I didn't want it you know, no injuries to come up my senior year where I can't do anything. But, and we sat down after that, I just felt like it was time to go. And I, you know, I just went with it. Yeah. And, and, and it, it seemed like a really great decision got picked by uh, the, picked up by Washington in the third round uh, and your second game, you, you blew out, uh, burst onto the scene, 123 yards, two touchdowns, a couple of catches. Uh, was it at that moment where you felt, okay, I've arrived to the NFL, or did it come a little bit later? Uh, it came a little later. That was just me getting my feet wet, me feeling that, you know, I'm an NFL running back right now. You know, this is what we have to do. This is what you have to do at this level. You have to perform. And it actually came later in the season, like against the Saints, um, when I had a big game, a big catch down the field, and I had, a, you know, like 70 rushing yards, but I had like 100 and so uh passing yards and a uh, couple to couple touchdowns and i felt like the team needed me because we was going in the back against the wall and that's when i really realized that you know i'm in the nfl and you know i had to take care of my body because that was early in the season when i had success but now it's like down that road where do you get past you know taking care of your body how to take care of your body how to live off the field and on the field so that was when it hit me like during that stage and, and what part specifically do you really feel the need to take care of your body? Is it the longer season from college? Is it like the, the physicality of the players? What, like what part made you realize, you know, I got I to gotta take it to this next level? It's, it's part of it's like the longer the season and the harder hits that you take um, because, you know, you got bigger guys, you got more smarter guys that, you know, they learn the game just how you're learning the game. And then you have a, you have a longer season, which – you have to be up and running. And then the second part of that is your, you know, your durability and that you have to be on the team. Like you have to be like doing something that's helping the team win. Or if you're sitting around hurt, you're not going to get noticed or you're not going to be on that team for much longer. So it's two parts that plays in it. And you got to teach yourself, like I have to take care of my body either way it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and coming out of that 20, uh, 2016 season, uh, or 2015 season, excuse me, going into the 2016 season, there was a lot of talk about you being the guy, right? That that the that that they'd cleared the path for you, and you were going to be that that uh, that key running back, and you had the, the build to do it, the body to do it. They thought you could could take it on. Uh, going into the season, was there a lot of pressure for you to you know really okay, I've I've got to take on this role as the as the lead back? You know what? I I really didn't think of it like that because. But when I was there, my rookie, I had Alfred Morris, man, a wonderful guy. Taught me everything that, you know, he could. Um, I watched him be a great leader. Uh, I watched him be a great starting running back. So it wasn't too much pressure, man, over the offseason. You know, I, I worked hard over offseason, um, you know, just looking into it. After the draft, they didn't draft a back. So, you know, it, it, it just came with I just seen an eye for an eye, and I knew I had to, you know, work hard for it. So it wasn't – a lot of pressure at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and um, I know that that we're in the middle of 
of fantasy football season, and we've seen a lot of, of interaction between players with fans, basically them saying, I don't care about your fantasy team. Some guys are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can, like draft me first. Uh, but like, did you have, do you have a story like that? Do you have an interaction with, with a fan, maybe like in person or on Twitter, uh, trying to, you know, cheer you on for like a, a big fantasy night? Oh yeah. As always, uh, you know, those kind of fans, I really didn't, I don't think I really disappointed nobody like that because they always picked me to be the starter there. The game that I did have breakout games, like against the Eagles, Mm -hmm. um, against the saints, like stuff like that. They always pick me. So I always get like, uh, man, I remember that year that you crushed it against the Saints or you crushed it against the Browns or something like that. And, um, you know, I'm not really big on fantasy, you know, because it is what it is. And, you know, some fans don't know what you have to do to get ready for a game or what you're going through with going into a game. So we do try to make them as happy as we can and try to play to the best of our ability. You know, we're not out there just trying to throw away the game. We're trying to play to, to the best of our ability. So, I mean, for the most part, it's been, you know, it's been good. And, you know, I think fantasy football is really good for the fans. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I'm a big fantasy football player myself. I think it's just another way to to stay engaged. Um, but I do find myself sometimes, like, I, I've got to take a step back because it's like, all right, I want, you know, my team's success over any of my fantasy football teams at all. Uh, so, you know, you, you have to keep it in check at a certain point. Uh, right. Uh, transitioning topics here. So one of the issues um, that, that we'd seen in your first couple of years was was fumbling, right? And and the one thing I've never really understood is, um, you know, talking about a guy who has, who has uh, fumbling issues. I mean, obviously, you look at a guy like LaShawn McCoy who will just run with the ball in one hand. Like, that's an issue, right? But for the most part, it, it seems like, uh, you know, defensive players just hitting um, ball carriers in the right spot to pop the ball loose. Is, is there any actual truth? Like, have you have you had to transition or change the way that you carry the ball to prevent uh, prevent fumbling? I say for the – I say just for my first year coming in that I did carry the ball. I won't even say reckless. I just wasn't carrying it at the right point. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like not that guys was like stripping the ball from me and I was like weak. There was not – Ripping like it would probably just be like I'm going to the ground and I got the ball exposed when a foot hit the ball, you know, and it pops out. Um, to me, I would not say that I had fumbling issues because I don't think I was just I don't think I was out there getting the ball ripped out or I was just not dropping the ball or anything like that. It was just that I had to fix one mechanic, and I think we fixed that at the end of the year and going into my second year. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think it was an issue at all. Uh, I did have a fumble that year, which, you know, once you fumble the ball, you know, the previous year, you know, that kind of sticks with you. So, Mm, um, you know, I had that fumble that year and, you know, I think I fixed the issue going forward because I played games and I was going games without, you know, fumbling ball, but that's never on my mind to go out. Oh, you know, I get to protect the ball. You know, I'm I'm out here playing the game and my mechanics should take care of that. And I think I did that that off season. And at a point now that, you know, nobody can, you know, get the ball out. This is, you know, your bread and win. It's your bread and your money maker right here that you're carrying. So mm-hmm. um, for the most part, yeah, it was, uh, it got fixed. Yeah. And, and one of the, the most frustrating things, I think, especially at the running back position is I'm convinced there are at least 60 to 70 uh, starting caliber running backs 
in the NFL. And, uh, you know, for, for that being the case, there's always somebody looking to take your job. Uh, in, in 2016, you went down with an injury. The week before, you had one of your best games uh, in the NFL, 16 carries, 135 yards, and a touchdown. You go down injured, you come back, and all of a sudden, you're you're a healthy scratch from the game. I mean, that has to be, like, what went into that decision-making? Because you were, you were proving to be uh, an effective ball carrier. Uh, two weeks later, you get hurt, and then all of a sudden, you don't even have a, a spot on the depth chart. Really still don't know to this day what really went on. Um, I know I came back, and then, you know, it was just like we're not dressing you, you know, this week. And then it followed up to the next week to the next week. So I really, really don't know. Um, I don't know if they was just complaining about the ball or what. And like I said, I, I they all fixed that, you know, throughout that year. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I really don't know. And, you know, it played out how it played out. And Rob Kelly came in. Um, you know, he played well. And uh, that, that year I just, you know, was just a healthy scratch, I think. So, but to my to you know to a guy who's competitive as myself you know it's hard to watch games from the sideline and you know it's hard to you know compete from the sideline you know and stuff like that so i was frustrated at the moment but you got to just do what you're de- you got to just do how you're you're told what you're dealt and um just do your, do your job be the best teammate you can be and i was rooting on um you know my team and my close friends like um Jordan Reed and Dunbar, you know, we all played at the same college and Mac Brown. So we all came from Florida and I was just hoping the best for them, you know, when that, they was out there on the field. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the easy, you know, it was a hard pull to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and after that, you bounced around, uh, played a little bit with the Colts, were on the, uh, the Eagles. Um, but after you got cut, I mean, there was there was there a moment where you're sitting thinking, man, like I'm I'm done. Like my my NFL dream is over. Like, did you were you starting looking at uh, other occupations, maybe transitioning out of your NFL career uh, in that in that stretch of time? Man, I would say that I never really looked out of the field of working outside of football. I had like you know business opportunities and i did you know invest in a couple of my businesses but in my head i never thought i was done i still to this day i'm like i wouldn't be done until like i lose a leg god forbid and um i always thought like football first i always stayed in shape until like i got cut so i got cut from the coach and i really thought like oh shoot man like well, I got to keep on working out, you know, because, uh, you know, a team can call me and they did. And, and that was when the Eagles called me and worked me out. And uh, when I got cut from Philadelphia after the preseason, I thought like, oh, shoot, man. And I didn't get picked up that whole year. So I'll continue to work that whole year. Like I didn't take a, a weekend off. I felt like if I took a weekend off, I'm going to come back Monday and be out of breath. So I did have a workout <laughs> and I went through that whole year and didn't have a workout, but I was still in shape. And then that offseason, I was still like, you know, working out like I'm a still uh, uh, that a guy that's going to be picked up. So, uh, like, I, I never took my foot off the pedal, man. And now it's like I'm giving like even more gas to that pedal, even if the car is putting, I'm giving gas. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. 
Yeah, I, I love that mentality. That's like that. That's so great the way you worded that. Uh, staying hungry, and obviously it worked out for you. Uh, getting uh, into the XFL, getting drafted. When did you? When were you aware that the XFL was coming back and was uh, and eventually made uh, yourself a spot uh, on, on one of the rosters? How did that XFL opportunity come about? Um, with the XFL, I heard about it coming out, but I really didn't look into it because I was so focused on trying to get my foot back in the NFL. And, um, you know, by draft time, uh, it was coming up and, you know, a coach called me and was like, hey, man, how you doing? Are you in shape? This and that. I'm like, yeah. They're like, will you be willing to play in the XFL? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, man, I'm doing it. I don't care. Like, I need to play football. Like, I got to play football. I can't be sitting at home. I'm too in shape not to be playing in football. Like, I got to go play football. So I got drafted that following week. And since there, I just like, man, I just put, I was like, okay, well, this is another chance for me to solidify, like, that I'm still, you know, NFL running back. Like, I, I still can move. I still can play. Like, I'm still, I'm young. I'm only 27. And I still can play. Well, at the time, I was 26, but I'm um, 27, but. At the time, like, man, I still feel like I can play. I still got it. Like, there's no way. Like, I can play till I'm 35, 36 probably. And that's what I – that was my whole goal, my whole mentality was going through that team. Other than, like, trying to win. Like, because that team that I was on, man, we had great chemistry, great – everybody was going for one goal. And everybody knew what their goal was, but, you know, nobody really didn't talk about it. But I was one of those guys, like, I know you got goals. I know you got goals. Well, let's come together and help each other you know, get to those goals. And that's one thing that we did. And, you know, we're still fighting for, you know, right now, you know, these guys that, you know, play with me, they're still trying to get on the NFL roster. So, you know, we're still trying to do the same thing and we're still trying to help pull each other together. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, the, the most unfortunate thing uh, for, for you and for a number of people in the XFL was, you know, the coronavirus shutting down the league and really cutting into an opportunity for you guys to uh, really establish yourselves and, and get even more on tape. But even then, uh, you impressed a lot of people with your ability to play. Uh, you've got the size to play running back, more than enough size. And like you said, you're 27, don't have a lot of, of, of wear on the tires because, you know, you, you never were really um, the 300 carry guy in college or took a lot. So you, you still have a plenty of, of, of football left in you. Uh, what what is the bottom line? What is what is the thing standing between you uh, and another shot at the NFL? The only thing that is standing for me in that shot is a is a phone call that you can pick up and you can call. You can call your mom. You can call this and it's the phone. That's all. That my phone has to ring. If I get in front of a team and I see me on the field and they see what I can do, man, I'm telling you, it's a it's another level that I went into of being the NFL running back. Like, not only this time that I, through the XFL, that I, like, not master the game and learn the game and try to, I just, like, critique everything that I needed to as far as, like, balance, you know, breaking tackles. Like, all the little things that I had the time off to think about and do, that's what I did. The time that I you don't have time during the season or, or when you're through going through, the, like, the NFL season that you really don't have time because it's so – you know, you so your mind is going basically through like the game plan, all that stuff you got to go through. I've took time to like really master my abilities and catching and like 
this this everything. I took time into like anything I feel like I'm not on and off when I go work out or the field and catch balls. I, I got to come back the next day. I can master that. So I feel like if I get in front of a team, man, it's just gonna they they're gonna be like he's ready. He's it's no doubt in my mind that he's not gonna go on the field and perform because he's ready. I mean, I can play special teams. I can play. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm gonna be ready. I love that. This energy is 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 the motivation that I needed myself, uh, you know, to, to just attack the day. I, I love the way that you are able to, to word your, your journey and what you're doing now to make sure that you're ready. Uh, and look, honestly, I'm rooting for you big time. I want to see it happen. I want to, I want to turn on my TV on Sunday and, and watch you tear it up. Cause I know, uh, that, that you've got the talent to do that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate uh, getting getting a, a chance to sit down and talk with you, and and we're we're rooting for you in the future. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on, and I hope you wish you all the success as well. Sixteen to thirteen, Cowboys, Bears, Steelers, Rams. As great as the Steelers have been, I am really not sold on them at all. Like I, I think I need to see more from Big Ben. I need to see them beat teams that are good at football um, uh, among good other things, at football. but, but it's just, it, it's just like, everybody's like, Oh man, they're all the way back. Like big Ben is, is so good. And, and like, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's nobody that can hold them back. Like they're going to give the Ravens problems, um, you know, in, in the, wait, let's see, I'm trying to pull up the thing. Here. They're going to give the Ravens problems uh, in the AFC North, but it's like, you look at it, they beat the giants, the Broncos, and the Texans. Okay. Gee. Like, is that zero wins between cool. those teams? Uh, Broncos have one. The Broncos, Broncos beat the have, Jets. Oh, yeah. Broncos beat the Jets. Yeah. Good for them. But okay. in those games, when you're playing these poor teams, they haven't cracked over 30 points. Uh, and they've allowed, let's see. Well, the Broncos and Texans both scored 21 against them. So they're not dominating these lesser teams defensively. And they're not scoring a lot of points. It's so like, funny that you have the Bears and Steelers right next to each other because the Steelers are just the Bears of the AFC. I, is, I agree. I, yeah, I really they, I agree they, 100%. They are, they are barely getting by the bottom barrel teams that they should be killing, uh, but they will also tell you at the same time, and the Bears would have told you this going into today, 3-0 and is 3-0. and You'll take it. And yeah. it's probably even better for Steelers fans who – uh, haven't really tasted the success and have had to live with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges for the last couple of years. For the Bears, it was just kind of like they were twelve and four, and then what happened? Um, so three and zero is three and zero. Yeah, uh, and the fact that you have them back to back, I think, is hysterical. Because I personally thought um, that the Steelers were kind of flying under the radar in terms of like they can do some damage here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you actually take kind of a closer look at what's going on, and it's it's uh, it's above average is kind of how you yeah. consider it. Yeah, and if and if Big Ben can stay healthy for the whole season, I think I mean, I'm pretty sure I had him at nine and seven. I think they'll finish eight and eight, nine and seven, um, pro- maybe even ten and six. Like that defense is uh, like top three statistically, mm-hmm. but they're just not or um, uh, on paper, but they're not playing like it as far yeah. as um, you know. It's it's not showing up on on the on, on the numbers, but Sure. Yeah, I, honestly, and, and I was saying this in the offseason, um, and I think they're a team 
along with the Colts that should go after Sam Darnold if the Jets take Trevor Lawrence. But, Absolutely. That but, is a team that would yeah, it, it's extremely like why, benefit from that. Why yeah. wouldn't they sign Jameis Winston? Like why, especially if he's going to go for the minimum. Yeah. What did he go for? One year, one mil or yeah. Three so on the thing. And it was, yeah. it was, yeah. It, well, and I'm with you. There are a handful of teams. I think the bears, I think the Colts, the Colts like the Steelers, should be on that list. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was, I was like this, there's no way this will ever happen, but we need Jameis Winston. Who um, would have ever thought that you'd be saying we need Jameis Winston? No, no, no. See, look, I, I've been, I've always been a big Jameis Winston fan. Yes. Um, I've always, like James one of one of one recurring guest. So. Yeah, he's coming on next week, I think. So yeah, so he sorry to spoil that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, it's good, it's good. But he really like helped turn the tide because I think I had him on in like the end of last season, and he kind of really put things into perspective here. It's like, hang on, like he's good at football, and people mm-hmm. just don't seem to to understand that. It's crazy to me, but but yeah, uh, this they really should have gone after him, but I think. If they don't get Sam Darnold and they leave it up to the draft or even turn the reins back over to Mason Rudolph, like that is, is the, the fumble of the century for the Steelers organization. Because one of those two guys can set you up for the next 12 to 15 years, potentially, um, obviously depending on who, who they sign. But instead of taking a chance on a guy, yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, so we'll keep moving here. The Rams, I think the Rams have impressed. Uh, They've subbed out Todd Gurley for a two-headed monster, soon to be three-headed monster, whenever Cam Akers can get healthy, and um, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and, and Cam Akers. And I think that's really what the difference maker was. They kept force-feeding Todd Gurley last year when he was in no shape to, to be handling that workload. He's an arthritic knee, so that's – Yeah, and, and then – and then like being a three-down back with a <laughs> terrible knee. Yeah. And then, and then they tried to ask Jared Goff to throw – them out of the situation and yeah. so it's like he, he's one of those guys where it's like yeah he threw for 5,000 or was it 4,500 yards but it didn't really amount to much you know and it no. was in garbage time when they were trailing by a touchdown or two helps so, yeah you can throw 5,000 yards when you're in prevent defense or when you're yeah. facing prevent defense ask, so. ask Dak Prescott yeah no kidding he's gonna throw 500 yards every week this season and yeah and they're, they're gonna, gonna be they're gonna <laughs> yeah they're gonna three and 13 yeah <laughs> Um, no, the, the Rams, their, their backfield was not impressive today with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think – I think that we should kind of take that with a grain of salt just because it's one week. If, if it continues to struggle, then, you know, sound the alarms. But when you get a healthy Cam Akers, and Daryl Henderson's a lot of fun, and Malcolm Brown, who the – if you are a fantasy football owner or player – uh, and you have somebody from the Rams backfield, trade them because you're never going to yeah. be successful with picking who is going to have the good week because it's just never going to work out in your in your favor. That's like having Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy all on your team. And uh, then Keyshawn Bronwyn scored a touchdown today. And Keyshawn, yeah. And uh, by the way, having those three on my team all at the same time, that did actually happen to me at one point. I traded them immediately because I yeah, realized that this is a – Poor, poor idea. Terrible idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, nobody cares about your fantasy teams. Like I, as somebody who's about to go four and one in a second straight week um, and beat Liam big after he was talking a ton of smack. I think he's undefeated. So thank God somebody's being. Well, I had, I had, I was already up. I think I was projected to win by 15 points. 
and then Kittle caught 10 passes for a thousand yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so beautiful. That that's really caught that ball at the end too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll keep it moving here. Run to 12 now. Uh, Browns, Titans, Pats, and then Colts. So Browns, we talked about. Titans, not all the way sold to them. I think Ryan Tannehill has gotten a lot better, which is why I have them at 11. I think I have them at like 15 or 14 to start the season. Um, but Ryan Tannehill has proven that he may be able to continue this this path that he's on, yeah. Um, which is which is great. But now it's still a question of, okay, is Derrick Henry, can he continue the same production? Uh, and on top of that, I mean, you're, you're missing Jack Conklin, um, who you lost in the offseason. It's like they're, they, it felt like they were, all signs were pointing to them regressing. And at least for the short term, they're kind of saying the same path, which is encouraging, I think, for, for Titans fans. Sure. Uh, it's it's kind of one of those, hey, it can only get better from here kind of a things, mm-hmm. uh, which it could very well not get better from there. Uh, a 3-0 start is about as good as it can actually get, in fact. Yeah, so what yeah. I said was pretty dumb. Uh, but they, the reason why I say it can only get better from here is because we have seen like a glimpse of Derrick Henry returning to postseason form of last year or last six weeks of last season form. Uh, and if he can efficiently use that and stay healthy and stay fresh while also just – ripping off 35 yard carries when no one else is expecting him to uh then the titans are absolutely a force because that defense is good Mm -hmm. uh even though that they were not good against jacksonville and uh, minnesota so i should say the defense should be better uh so there's room for them to grow and there is time for the titans offense to click even though it is is like weird as that seems they're missing aj brown yeah uh and derrick henry hasn't had to be derrick henry yet so you're living in the perfect world right now if you're a titans fan yeah no absolutely uh and the patriots they i think they had the biggest rise i probably had them at 19 i've got them all the way at 10 um and having a guy like cam newton we didn't know how he was going to perform well he's been doing really good very good um, and you know, when you, when you're a yard away from beating the Seattle Seahawks, um, after scoring, putting up 30 points, that's pretty good. You're, you're doing yeah. something right. Um, and there's, and there's different ways for them to win, right? Like Cam can throw for 350 or he can run for 80. You know, yeah. it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, which is, I think Bill Belichick absolutely loves. Yeah. That's something that he hasn't had the opportunity to do since, oh, ever really. <laughs> Yeah, is Drew, is Drew Bledsoe a, a mobile quarterback? Is he considered is, mobile? Yeah. Anyone remember the Matt Castle era? era? <laughs> what, was, what was he like? Um, no, for for the Pats, I, I'm not sold on them to be title contenders. However, I'm sold on them to make the playoffs, which I wasn't at ahead of the season. I thought that they were probably going to be close, but – maybe miss it because I thought that there were just a lot of teams better than them. And then it just goes back to the Bill Belichick factor of, Oh, I kind of forgot that he is arguably the greatest head coach in football history. So can't really beat that. Yeah. I, and this has to seal the deal. I mean, eight guys went on like opted out of the season due to COVID. They lost yeah. their franchise quarterback. Uh, there's like nothing. They have nothing going for them. And all exactly. of a sudden they're, 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 
picking up right where they left off with a totally different, um, you know, quarterback and, and cast of characters that are doing it. And we still haven't even seen Damian Harris, who everybody absolutely loves, but he's been on IR. So when he gets back, I mean, it's just going to add a whole another situation. And that's a, a fourth back. Same situation. If you have any Patriots running backs in fantasy, don't. Uh, because you never know who's going to go off uh, at, at any given point. Yeah, if you want to talk to me about fantasy football and running back luck, I have had uh, Sonny Michelle on my team. Mm. I've had Rex Burkhead on my team just because I was like, maybe he'll be good. Uh, I, I cannot judge running backs in this league very well. Because then I, at some point it's just like I'm tempted, do I just start everybody from the same backfield in all three, in both the running back spots and in my flex? It's just oh one week it, it should just – I'll just go – Full speed and just roll Ronald Jones, Leonard Fl- or Fournette, and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn because I would never start LeSean. That's why. See, that's why I invest early, so it's not an issue. I, yeah, I go. I did my not, first five so. picks are are three of them are running backs. Yeah, like, I don't, so I don't have that. Great choice, and will be how I attack from going or going forward. <laughs> from here on out, that's good. Yeah, well, I'm glad. Mitch I'm Trubisky glad. is typically my first pick in every. Ah, uh, yeah. In, so, so that already sets you back a little bit, kind of. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> All right, uh, we got two two more sets of four to get through here. Uh, eight to five: Bucks, Saints, Packers, and 49ers. And I was telling you this: I had the 49ers at two going into this game um, because I expected them to to handle business. Um, but now it's like, okay, here's a, a real situation. Nick Bosa is not there for the year. Um, they're going to struggle to get. I think D Ford went on IR, um, and without Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Moster and Tevin Coleman, they're struggling to get offense going. So it's like, I don't know where to put them. I think five is a safe spot because they are at that same level. I mean, they, they really did retool. Javon Kinlaw is playing incredibly well on that defensive line. And Brandon Ayuk uh, on that touchdown run, I mean, he was incredible. Awesome. They're, they're using yeah. him in the offense really well and it's paying off. Um, I mean, that was crazy. Like, I, I think Al Michaels couldn't stop talking about how it's just a clean hurdle. It was just yeah. so nice. It was, it was beautiful. Rarely do you see a hurdle in the NFL today where the player that perform or that, that, that does it will actually be able to keep running after the fact. If he had to, if Ayuk was not close to the end zone, he still had the field ahead of him. Like that is yeah. something where he could have still been in stride from. Absolutely. Uh, and you're right. They lose to Forrest Buckner in the off season and people kind of think, what the hell are they doing? Uh, but with, I think it was the pick that they got for Buckner that they draft Kinlaw. Mm-hmm. And that's typically a move that I don't love is that why did you trade away a top guy just to draft their replacement? The Lions did it by trading Darius Slay and then drafting Jeff Okuda with the third pick. That is a situation in which I don't like that. You have a third pick and a team that desperately needs a star player. Is Jeff Okuda going to move the needle when you're now trading your his, like, his potential mentor that you could have had. Um, So, uh, but that, that wasn't the lions trading. That wasn't the lions trading away slay for the third pick. That was just the lions trading away slay and then just using the third pick in the 49ers situation for them. That is them trading away a player and then using they, they, they knew what they wanted to do and it is, you know, it's paying dividends for them. So that's yeah. Well, and, and not to mention it saved them $20 million of cap space exactly. that they that's didn't huge. have to, to pay him. So yeah, I, I think it's absolutely great move. Um, as far as the, 
Packers Saints Bucks here. Um, and there's obviously another NFC team to be named later, but, uh, and I'll name them the Seahawks that are going to be in this top four here. Um, they're so, they're all on the same level for me. I have such a hard time. Like there's just one key thing that's keeping me from going all in on one of those teams as the best. And so as my tiebreaker, I went through these four teams and said, okay, which quarterback do I like the most? And that's Russell Wilson. So he got put ahead of him. But I mean, with the Saints, the offense, I'm, I'm scared of a team that whose offense looks stagnant after losing one player, no matter how great they are. Even the Panthers didn't take a step back when they lost Christian McCaffrey. So you're yeah. telling me that the Saints are going to like, they're, whoa, 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 we're not that good, but we don't have Michael Thomas. Like that's not the case. You have four to five other, um, you know, key guys, especially in a year where Alvin Kamara is having a career season. Um, he had a little bit of a down year last year, but he's kind of revitalized a little bit. And he's one of the most effective pass catchers, um, including receivers in the NFL. And you, and you still can't get it going. Like that's, that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, yeah. So, so from that perspective, and then it's like the Packers, Packers and Seahawks both can't play defense. Like they have struggled to, to get stops when it's necessary. Um, and then the Bucks, it's, there's a, there's a couple of pieces here and there. You know what I mean? The offensive line could use a little bit more help. I think the defense is very overrated in terms of how people view them. Um, but yeah, there's, there's something with all four of those teams. I mean, is there, a, is there a clear favorite for you that you have? I definitely think that it's the Seahawks based on how the season has started. Uh, just considering like uh, the whole like let Russ cook movement thing. Um, there, there was kind of a discussion on Twitter that I'd seen between a few of the NFL like talking heads that was the Seahawks haven't necessarily changed their playbook, but they've changed how they're using their playbook. They're mm -hmm. running the exact same formations. They're running the exact same plays that they've run for the past two years, but they're passing the ball on first down instead. They're not, you know, running themselves into a third into a three and out. They're letting Russ cook. <laughs> they are they are doing that um, effectively. So uh, for me, they're my favorite. I also don't love the injury history behind every or the and the age factor for the other three quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the injuries to most of these guys have been freak injuries. Tom Brady has torn his ACL because he got uh, – and they essentially created a roughing the pass or, uh, you know, sub rule to prevent that from happening again. Uh, Drew Brees' injury right now is the fact that he's old and can't throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers' injuries have been, oh, broken collarbones because he got – you know, tackled too hard or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that would be like the only concern with them. Uh, but as I pointed out when I was on, when, so Cody and I went on lecture, on lecture call last mm -hmm. week and uh, we said that the biggest winner of last week or two weeks ago, whatever was Jameis Winston, because even if the saints are winning these games, they're not winning them convincingly for the reason that Drew Brees cannot move this offense down the field um, at yeah. some point a better defense is going to be able to stop them like we saw with the Raiders or like we've seen other teams kind of show these flashes of just because Drew Brees isn't going to be the guy and he never really was the guy who could just heave it 50 yards downfield at free will so uh, yeah. that's something that we need to see develop into the year and what I'm interested in looking at yeah no definitely 
Definitely. All right, final four teams here. Uh, at four, the Ravens, three, the Bills, two, the Seahawks, and first, obviously, the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, there's there's not much else that you can you can say about the Chiefs there. Uh, yeah. The Bills, the Bills and the Seahawks get the edge over the Ravens for me. For, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear why you have the Bills over the Ravens. So, so it really comes down to and it's, and it's a very simple concept. I mean, obviously, Josh Allen has elevated his play to a, a high level, but the fact is, those top three teams above the Ravens can physically play and win ball games when they're trailing at halftime. Like, yeah. it, it, like it, it's, it's, it's a weird, I mean, obviously there's no yeah, way. What, the Ravens are 0-9 at halftime or mm-hmm. something like it, that. Yeah. The oh, fact I'm that Lamar Jackson has not won a game when trailing at halftime leads me to believe at all. You know, and it, sure, it's great. The Ravens have a fantastic team that affords him to be in a situation where he's not trailing at halftime. But in the instances where he is, like when playing the Chiefs, He's shown that statistically he's a very ineffective passer. Yeah. And it's like, and it simply, it, it doesn't make sense to expect the, uh, the Ravens to be winning in every single game, right? Like, like going into halftime with a lead, going into the fourth quarter with a lead, because that's not the case. You're not going to, you're not going to get that from any team. It doesn't matter how dominant you are. Like you're going to have to at some point prove uh, in Lamar Jackson's case that he can be that quarterback that drives him down the field and wins the game. Like, I, there's some stat out there where he has one of like the worst win percentages in the NFL when he's thrown 40, 40 plus passes. I don't know exactly sure. where it's from, but it, it makes sense. Like I, I think I, I, I was pretty low on Lamar Jackson coming into the season to, to last season. And he's slowly risen up uh, in my mind, but not far enough to where I'd say, wow, I feel comfortable having him on the field. Um, like Patrick Mahomes can come back from 24 points in eight minutes. Right, like yeah, half the time he doesn't even need that much time. Exactly, uh, and and Josh Allen came back. Uh, uh, what what it was? Or no, I guess it was the the Rams almost came back. The Rams came but, back, yeah. But but uh, I mean, Josh Allen has no problem slinging the ball and get and getting going. And then uh, the Seahawks. I mean, you said let Russ cook. That that speaks all to it. But if the Ravens are trailing, I don't feel comfortable that they win the rest of the, like that they win the game. And that's why I've got them at four at this point. Yeah. And I think until we see something different, there's really no reason. I shouldn't say that there's no reason because other teams are trying to win football games, but there is uh, until we, until I'm given a reason there, I don't see one as to why the chiefs can't go 16 and 0. Yeah. They, they are genuinely that team this year where it's like, they are so much better than everybody else. And, I, and I, I know that everybody's like, oh, fall in love with Patrick Mahomes. How could you not? The guy yeah. throws yeah. the prettiest pass in the NFL. Uh, they, there was even a pass to Meikle Hardman last week uh, on Monday Night Football that was dropped in the end zone off of Meikle's hands. And it was still like off of his back foot with two defenders in his face. How are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's like the, the tears above uh, everybody else. And for right now, especially because the Chiefs weren't even, they were underdogs against the Ravens last week. They're not going to be, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, not going to be underdogs for five years, really. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Unless uh, something the, horrible the Patriots, or horribly goes wrong, yeah. Yeah, and the Patriots and Raiders games the next two weeks, they're double-digit favorites. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only games I could see them losing 
They go on the road to play Buffalo. Uh, and the Thursday night, in three weeks, a Thursday night football game that I'll actually enjoy sitting down to watch. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, they, play, they play the Bucks in Tampa Bay. There's a chance there. They play the Saints in New Orleans. So really, those three games are... There are chances there, but then it just brings me back to the fact that they played the Ravens in Baltimore, and I was high on the Ravens. Yeah. And one by two know, touchdowns. Pardon me. They shit kicked them. They it was not close. It was it was over quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But, uh, they're an impressive bunch. That's for sure. They, no, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, this has been. This has been a great conversation, Patty. Always, always a pleasure yeah. uh, talking sports with you, and, and we'll have to, uh, have to get you back on again soon. All right. Appreciate it.